Does material success equate to personal happiness? Not so much, according to today's guest's experience. He shares how trust ultimately has a greater impact. You're listening to Growth Seekers Welcome, Modern Philosophy for Abundant Living, a podcast where we discuss topics that matter for the purpose of elevating consciousness and eradicating poverty. If you haven't yet downloaded our free guidebook and bonus cheat sheet to help you revolutionize your relationships, you can do so now by visiting growthseekerswelcome.com and clicking on the free gift link. Inside you will find a practical six-step framework for eliminating conflict and fostering healthy connections. Please note this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is intended for a mature audience. Episodes may be triggering, and you are only encouraged to listen further if you are of sound mind. If ever in immediate distress, please dial 911 or reach out to your local emergency support service providers. Never forget that your feelings matter and that this difficult time will eventually pass. Don't ever be ashamed to ask for the help that you need. The views, opinions, and the information expressed on this program are those of the individuals involved and do not constitute professional advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This program is an extension of Nicole's life's work, and if you'd like to financially support our collective mission of elevating consciousness and eradicating poverty, please consider becoming a paid Growth Seekers Welcome member. For just $1 a day, your sponsorship contribution helps us produce insightful episodes like this. Plus, you'll enjoy special member-only perks like events and private Q&As with Nicole. You can learn more at growthseekerswelcome.com. Your attention and support mean everything. If you receive value from what you hear, please leave a thoughtful rating and review on your preferred listening app and share the show with friends and family. Your encouragement is greatly appreciated. So I'd love to jump into a conversation with you around this concept of poverty. Poverty means lots of different things and lots of different circumstances, but something that we spoke about that I really appreciated your perspective on is a vow of poverty. And you explained to me what this means to you. And it, it informed my understanding in a really interesting way. So can you tell me a little bit about what this means, what is a vow of poverty, and how does that affect how you operate in the world? So a vow of poverty traditionally is taken by priests, um, nuns, and uh, clergy for the most part. And basically what they're saying is we agree to do the work of the Lord. We agree to uh, not want for material things and only to or to to have our material things be held in common. Okay. So in other words, poverty doesn't mean broke. Poverty doesn't mean destitute. Uh, I shouldn't say it doesn't mean broke. It doesn't mean destitute. Uh, What it means is that I'm going to let go of all the material world. I'm going to put all my belongings and everything into trust. And then that way I don't own anything. There's nothing in my name. So if I take a vow, a vow is between me and the creator. And that's why vows are really powerful. Like when you do your wedding vows, it's between you, your spouse and the creator. Okay. So when you take a vow of poverty, you're saying, I am your instrument. I am here to do your work. And I'm not worried about the material things, or I shouldn't say not worried about the material things to say it better. It would be more like, 
I'm not worried about gaining material things. Of course, I need material things to survive, but it's not for me to collect them all as if that's what fulfills me. So that's how I understand vows of poverty and what they really mean and uh, how I would even apply it in my own life. So how did you come to understand this? Like what happened for you that made you recognize or, or recalibrate how you were doing things in the world? Well, the interesting thing is I've, I've kind of always been this way, um, even as a teenager and coming up in my early 20s and stuff, I never cared for material things. I didn't care to impress anybody. I didn't care for success. I didn't care. And when I say I didn't care for success, it didn't mean that I wouldn't apply myself. It just meant that I didn't base who I am off of those things. I was already who I am. I didn't care if somebody didn't like me because I had holes in my shirt and I looked dirty that day. I don't care. Right. That's it. That's a judgment. So for me, if if somebody's going to judge me that way, then they don't belong in my energy space anyway. So I always had this idea that I don't need material things because I know who I am. So it's kind of an interesting question for me as to when it actually happened. Uh, but there did come a point in my life where, yes, I achieved a bunch of of uh, things, so to speak. And I thought that I was doing what we do. We achieve things and we, you know, take these steps that society says you take to be quote unquote successful and happy, which most people who are successful, I shouldn't say most people. I know a lot of people who are successful that aren't happy. Um, and I came to a point in my life where all of that was taken away from me. Um, and, it was taken away and there was no way that I could even get to save anything or prepare or, you know, it's, it's that moment in time. Some people experience it in a, you know, maybe an accident of some sort or an injury or just, you know, the, there's multiple ways and infinite to me amount of ways you could experience this. But it's that moment in time where an event happens that you just can't control and you have no way to save the ship from sinking you just sink with it and trust that well i'm just going to swim and stay afloat until the creator takes me to another place and i trust in that so it's that breaking down you know breaking you down until you have ultimate trust in all that is that is outside of you yeah, I love that. And it's it's like a surrender, right? Surrender into yeah. the sinking. Totally. Yeah, I definitely have gone through that many times in my life. And the more surrender one has, the more expansion one experiences. Yeah. Oh, totally. In my experience anyway. Yes. And so this idea of you mentioned, you know who you are. And, and I say this as well. And a lot of people do. What does that mean? Because I, I've noticed that a lot of people will say things like, I know who I am, and these are words. Can you talk a little bit about this expression of knowing yourself and how that has evolved throughout your life? So it's always a, a journey. I've, even though I've always known who I am, what that means to me first to answer that question is... I know that no matter what happens, I am greater than this shell. And I know that I have talents, 
in areas of my life, uh, I am confident in being who I am and in the way that I treat people and in society and the things that I do and the things that I know. Meaning, if I didn't know who I was, I would probably allow people to either control me or to shape my thoughts. And though people might influence my thoughts, I don't allow them to do the thinking for me. In other words, somebody might come to me and say, well, I think that's completely wrong. And I think that this, that, or the other. And I might say, great, I disagree. And I'm going to stick to that because <laughs> I know what who I am, meaning not only what I just described, but also I know what my gut tells me. And that's intuition and that's God. So I go with that. Uh, so that's what it means to me to to be to know who I am. I'm very confident in my abilities and what I know and what I do. But that doesn't mean that I don't need work. Right. I've had to overcome a lot of insecurities. I've had to look at myself and maybe that's more of it, too, is. I'm never afraid to look at myself and say, well, there's no fault here, but it is all emanating from me. So the blame game for me in my life is gone. I don't blame people for anything. I might say, well, this person does that and this one does this and that. But it, it, at heart, I know that, look, I'm, I'm bringing those people into my field. If I don't want them around me, I need to make that choice. So ultimately, there's no fault. It's my choice. This is just an experience and I'm choosing to have it. So all of these things make up knowing who I am, if that makes sense. Totally. And I love that personal ownership piece where you're looking at yourself and accepting that you created your reality, even if it's not something that you necessarily look at and go, oh, wow, this is exactly what I wanted. You can look at it and go, this is not exactly what I wanted. And I created it, so how did I do this, right? Sure. Even the things I'm not proud of, I created those too. Because without those, how did I know what not to do? I think that's so important, and, and people like to gloss over that oftentimes. How do you get out of the way of the external messages when you are in disagreement with those you're doing life with? So throughout your time, I'm sure you have had these awarenesses and recognized that the messages coming in from those you have chosen to do life with are not in alignment with your inner understanding and your, your self-truth. How do you navigate that? Well, it's a case-by-case -case basis, <laughs> right? Because I think that some people... Well, I think that all people come into your life to share some sort of experience that you can learn something from. So for me, I don't always catch it right away, meaning I don't always catch that, oh, this is a lesson for me. And, oh, I called this person into my life and, oh, I'm creating this. Right. Uh, so I think over time, because I will because. I have a short fuse a lot of times or have had a short fuse a lot of times. And I'm really this part of my life really working on not just jumping at an emotional reaction because I think that this scenario is playing out in a particular way, but rather to step back, take a minute and say, hmm, 
what's really going on here? What's my role? What am I supposed to get from this? And is it this person projecting on me or am I actually projecting on them? So it's a it's definitely a education. I think it's a lifelong education for a lot of us. Maybe it's easier for some than others. For me, particularly to get out of the way of the noise is a practice and it takes time. And now I just try to be more quiet and not jump right at someone or uh, react right away. I try to just calm down and go, okay, what does this have to do with me? And if I'm feeling something inside, why am I feeling that? What is it within me that is not feeling comfortable with that? Is it a danger thing or is it a, an emotional uh, trauma that hasn't been healed? What exactly is it? And then once I figure out, okay, well, there's no danger. So this has to be some sort of emotional reaction, some unhealed part of me. Then I just simply say, okay, well, it's time to let that go because that story is no longer true anymore. Whatever that story is that underpins that emotional reaction, it's no longer true. So then you take ownership and then you, again, knowing who you are, you say, okay, I've taken ownership. I'm going to change this right now because I can change it right now. I can change the way that I perceive this situation and how this other person in my life is coming at me. Um, and, and then, and then pieces all start to fit together. Yeah, definitely. So when we're, when we're looking at that and, you know, you used the chart, the, I liked how you said, you know, the fuse, you're lengthening the fuse, essentially that somebody can spark that fire up, trigger that light and that discomfort for you. And rather than just burning it down, you are slowing the flame or lengthening the fuse, if you will, it sounds like. Um, can we talk some more about breaking it down and talk some more about language that you can use in scenarios and how to demonstrate your willingness to work through things, whereas in the past, perhaps you didn't? Yeah. So for me... Um couple words come to mind all the time. Um, blame, shame, and guilt. Okay. There's no blame. I don't have to feel any shame and I don't have to feel guilty for anything. Um, unless I truly had the intention to hurt someone, then yes, I should look at myself and say, you need to make a major change. No one should have, in my opinion, should have any intention to want to harm someone. And I think that a majority of people don't. I, th I definitely think there's a, a percentage of population that are sick and are unhealed and they do. But for me, I don't ever really have the intention of hurting someone. So blame, shame, and guilt. And then I look and I go, okay, did I hurt that person? Well, they're clearly hurt. Maybe that person is hurt by me. Okay, well, where do I take ownership? And did I intentionally hurt them or did I hurt them because I was hurting and didn't and didn't recognize my own hurt? And so those are the couple things that I go over. So the language for me is always I'm always blame, shame or guilt. And then I start with um, or I don't start, but I go with, um, uh, you know, am I a victim? Am I a perpetrator or am I a savior? Because I don't want to be any of those. I 
look at those few things and th that type of language con is a constant theme for me. Am I playing victim? Am I a perpetrator? Meaning I have an intention to hurt or I, I keep, you know, uh, keep going over the same scenario with different types of people? Or am I a savior? Am I trying to save someone? You know, and I've learned that not playing any one of those roles is crucial to my own peace and flow and allowing things to be just what they are. Um, another part of the language for me is just an experience. I'm just having an experience. And then I get to determine what is that experience for? You know, is it for my healing? Is it uh, is it because I'm you know, somebody truly wants to hurt me? Is it because I need to learn how to treat people better? Like, what does that mean? So those are the, that's the language that I, that typically, typically goes through my head. Yeah. I love it. The experience. That's so important to be able to see things as they are without the emotional or story behind them that we make up. It's all illusion anyhow. And I love that you bring up the drama triangle and being outside of that, because when we are playing the victim, there has to be a savior. There has to be a perpetrator or a villain. When we're playing the villain, there has to be a victim. When we're playing and, you know, we're playing the savior, there has to be all these other parts as well. And so when we get ourselves outside of that dynamic, that dynamic exists outside of us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. As you're going through experiences with loved ones or just people that you interact with along your way, is there anything that you can do or that you choose to do that helps empower your counterparts to adopt this framework and to release blame, shame, and guilt, because I suspect most people don't actually understand that they are blaming someone else or that they are shaming someone else, that they are guilting someone else, because these are key ways that we as a society have been raised up. Yeah. So in, in terms of trying to help someone else understand, the old adage comes to mind, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So I could do as much as I possibly can to get the other person to understand that this is just an experience we're sharing together and we're having it for both of our benefits. No, no matter what it feels like, no matter how painful it is for one or the other or both, there's a benefit here. Um, I can do everything I can imagine to try to get somebody to understand, but if they're not ready for it, they're just not going to understand. So the only thing you can do is meet them where they are, love them through it, just be where they're at. Because if you go too deep, they're not gonna go with you, right? They're gonna stay at the surface. So it really depends. It depends on if the person is ready for it or not. And I don't ever try to force my views or understanding of a situation on anyone either. I just do my best to see where they're at, allow it to be what it is, feel through it for myself, heal for myself, and just love them through it. And a lot of times you begin to see, does this person really need to be around me? Do I need to be involved in this person's life to the degree that I am right now or at all, right? So I've, I've definitely had a lot of people fall off in my life, so to speak, where 
and I'm sure a lot of us have, where we don't talk to them anymore. Um, we don't see them anymore. We don't reach out or they don't reach out. And to me, that's always been okay because I know if I ever see them again, I'll treat them no differently. You know, they'll get a hug and a smile and a, how you been? How's it going? I don't have any ill, Ill or hard feelings towards anyone. Um, even people that I've really had a tough falling out with. Uh, I've, I'm pretty good at letting go. I may, I don't hold grudges. I may be upset for a little while over something if it's really deep. Um, but it's not long before I'm able to let go and say, okay, that experience is over. There's no sense living in the past. And I think a lot of people get stuck in the past. They dwell in it. Uh, there's, you know, being present is simply not constantly running over what happened to you in the past and holding on to that pain and also not fearing what's coming down the pipeline because you don't know what's coming down the pipeline in the future. You have no idea what the next minute is going to be. You know, you may have an idea of what you'd like it to be, <laughs> but you're not in control of that. <laughs> yeah. And isn't it exciting to look at the next moment with that perspective of, I have no idea what's coming, but I'm here for it. Absolutely. Every moment is a new opportunity to, to create. How do you disconnect from experiences and relationships that no longer serve? And how do you know that the timing is right to do that? Well, I, I almost want to say that I don't always know. I just pull back and see where it goes, right? I trust, like I was just saying, I trust that whatever's coming down the pipeline is the way things are supposed to be. And I do the best I can to do it with love and not just shut off emotionally and bypass uh, because I don't want to deal with something. I typically always try to come to some sort of resolution with someone. And if if they are adamant about not allowing it to resolve, then I feel okay. I feel like, okay, well, that's, I did everything I could. So it's almost like I, I know the time is now to move on, but I also allow what's going to play out to play out. And usually if you, if you could do that, or at least if I can do that, it really steers me to where I need to go because I'm not married to an outcome and I'm not married to an emotion or an emotional attachment to this other person. And I think that's a lot of it. I think, you know, we don't realize those emotional attachments, those emotional cords are really what keeps us involved in people that continue with people that continue to hurt us. Now, we can still stay involved with people that continue to hurt us if they're no longer hurting us. And I don't mean that they're no longer trying to hurt us or they're no longer being who they've always been. I mean, we're no longer accepting the hurt. We're saying, well, that's who they are. I'm not hurt by that anymore. I know who they are, you know, and I'm okay with that. And I'm just not going to allow it to hurt me because that's my choice. Yeah. And I think even recognizing like, well, that's the role they played in that story, in that past situation with me. And that may not even be who they are, but that's what it's been. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to explore that anymore. Right. So to be able to detach without condemnation, without judgment, just say this is complete. Right. Yep. And I'll see you soon.
whether yeah. it's this life or the next one, right? Because again, I, I feel like from my spiritual perspective, I, I just feel like this is way bigger than all of us. And we have more than likely gone around and round with each other in many lives, many lifetimes, different timelines. Some people see them as all happening at the same time. Uh, there's a bunch of different theories, but the point being is, you know, these energies circle around us for a reason and i don't think that they're new to us that's just my opinion <laughs> yeah and and i see patterns as well in the types of people that we attract until we overcome whatever uh challenge we need to overcome you know the the same stories present until we're able and ready to move through them and um experience something new right absolutely Self-inquiry is so very important when it comes to personal development, and I think today's conversation opened up space for a lot of great awareness. Which areas of your life could benefit from deeper investigation, and how will you go about making adjustments? We'd love to hear what comes up for you, so join us in the private Growth Seekers Welcome Membership community or share it with us on the socials using the hashtag GrowthSeekersWelcome. If you receive value from this episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family who might also benefit from the wisdom expressed. Your thoughtful rating and review is always appreciated as it helps conscientious growth seekers like you find our channel. Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you soon at growthseekerswelcome.com. Until next time, peace be with you.